0: Baby, I don't like it in
1: here. It was (laughs) Matthew. For me, it's interesting because I grew up Catholic, so it's not something that I ever thought that I was going to be involved with. I was always into angel saints and the Blessed Mother, um, and I thought I was going to retire as a third-grade teacher, so I went to school to be a teacher. But for me, um, my boyfriend, my former boyfriend passed in 2007 in a motorcycle accident, and that's what started to ignite everything. And I started to receive signs from him, and I saw him in visitations, and that's where my journey began with this spiritual awakening, and I started to connect the dots from my childhood. Um, When I used to have different spiritual experiences, I just kind of didn't really pay attention to them, just thought that they were typical experiences, and that's when it all started for me. So I really thought that it was a sin to go to a psychic. I didn't know what a medium was, but once the experience happened for me where I had lost my boyfriend, Nick, I felt like my passion for connecting with him to make sure that he was okay and he was still around was stronger than any kind of thought of, is this a sin? I just thought this is healing for me. So that kind of went out the window.
2: Welcome to Haunting Live podcast this week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We do have a special guest here this week. Marie Psychic and Energy Guide is joining us here today. Before we bring on our special guest this week on Haunting Live Podcast, we recommend you visit our official sponsors for Haunting Live, The Most Gifted Psychic. Visit our sponsor, The Most Gifted Psychics, by calling 866-228-2883 and mentioning code word Haunting Live, and receive their promo of 10 minutes for just $10. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Even if you don't like the reading, they'll refund your purchase. Again, visit our official sponsor the most gifted psychics by calling 866-228-2883 MNC and mentioning the cold word haunting live hello marie how are you
0: i am wonderful thank you so much for having you today
2: thank you for joining us it's wonderful to have you and share your um, background on what you do as a psychic and guide so Uh, Let's start with that. How did you start becoming a psychic and what drew you into the field?
0: Well, I think uh, mainly uh, as a child, I was drawn to getting my hands on reading everything I could about psychic work and fortune telling tarot cards. So I read everything I could and I just found it fun and interesting. And I like to explore topics about ESP and telekinesis and remote viewing. And um, when I was able to find more information on the Internet and order books or material documents and find mentors and coaches, I started to really look at it as a skill set that I could um, improve on and really hone in on. So at first, it just started as fun. And I started doing tarot card readings uh, just for friends and family. And then the day came when I felt confident enough doing the readings and people were telling me, you know, you really should charge for this and you really should do this, you know, as, as a, um, as a service. And, uh, so I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to get a little bit more, um, education behind it. How does it work? What does energy transfer mean? Um, how do I develop my skill? So it kind of just kept growing and growing from that.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. That's the way it goes, I think, for a lot of people, is you sort of get into it at a young age with one certain topic, like tarot cards or something, then sort of branch out from there. So um, yes, yes, what was a draw to tarot? Was it something that you found that you liked about it or did you have some kind of experience while you were learning it? Or?
0: I found that when I was doing a reading for a client that... It's nice to have a tool of something in front of you that you can use, that people can see because they're very visual. Um, So the magic of using tarot cards or oracle cards, um, which can be any subject or theme, they can be animal cards, guide cards, spirit cards. Uh, What I like is that after a few questions out of a deck of say 30 cards, if the same two or three cards keep popping up, it's a really strong sign that there's a message there for the client. So I just think it's a fun tool to be able to have that. The clients like it as well. They like to pick the cards. They like to really see it. They like to see the pictures. And in a way, I, the, it's just a tool. And uh, most, most psychics like myself don't have to use any tools But we do it just for something uh, to give it as an option for the client, especially because a lot of people are very visual.
2: Yeah, for sure. They like some kind of visual aid to kind of guide them along. You may know what's happening in your mind while you're communicating, right? But they might not understand. So it's Uh easier for them to have something visual to go off of totally.
0: Exactly. Yes. And I know some psychics that don't use any tools at all. And I know some that have to use cards every time. So everybody has their preference and and sometimes that changes later on and sometimes it doesn't. It's very individual.
2: Yeah, it's very individual and a personal experience as well that they come for. So do you find that when you're doing tarot, if you're shuffling the cards and you're trying to get the reading started and say one or two cards pop out, do you kind of Absolutely, tend to use those cards happens. or do you shuffle them yes. back in?
0: I call that the jumper card. And I'm like, oh that's a sign because energetically if it's flying out it wants us to see what it is and read it. And there's a message there. So definitely that goes in as part of the reading. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. I know some people that shuffle it back in and they just continue on and start the reading, but I'm, yeah, I agree no. with you on that. I think it's a meaning for yeah, that. I think for your there's, client, there's, there's a meaning yeah. there.
0: Uh, if a, if a card drops and falls or some literally fly out and go across the room, <laughs> there's, Definitely. It's a sign. It's saying, please pay attention to me and my message for sure.
2: Have you had that happen quite a bit when you do your
0: cards? Uh, the, last, uh, the last wellness show that I did, um, I had that happen a couple of times. And I think that that's uh, because there's so much energy in the room and there's energy with my client. Um, it does happen. I do readings on myself and then it does happen once in a while, one-on-one, but it kept happening when I was at the wellness show. I was doing readings on the spot and they were just flying out on the table.
2: Maybe somebody else reading across the row from you or something was like, no, I'm for that person. I
0: think <laughs> it's in a noisy room, the The spirit guides or the, the higher self that's trying to get the message through is trying to make sure it's very clear to get through the, you know, the, the noise and the energy of everybody else.
2: Yeah, I find that happens quite often when you get readings done. So how do you do your readings for your clients day to day? Is it something... Italy that you do is there a certain format that you do you have like certain spreads to use or
0: so what I like to do is for really thorough reading I take a good hour to an hour and a half with a client I can do quick readings quick readings are generally just two or three questions for oracle cards or tarot cards but when i'm doing a really thorough in-depth reading uh, what i like to do is do a little bit of automatic writing first which means i get a picture of the client their name and their date of birth and i don't want to know anything about them i call it a blind reading and either they're sitting down in front of me and i make notes and just start scribbling whatever comes to me or i do this the evening before when i could just have a quiet space, and I'll write a page or two of notes, so automatic writing, and uh, so then when I speak with the the client, I will just read out everything that I wrote down, and that starts the conversation, and I ask them of what I've told you about yourself, I'll pick up things about them, about their family, about their personality traits, about sometimes patterns of behavior, and sometimes um, any stuck emotions, that might be sitting, I, I feel it. And if numbers or symbols or anything comes through, I write that down. And then I ask how, how much or any of this resonates with you and, I, and they usually say 100%, everything you just said. So then we go through, okay, so I feel these things from you and these things going on. What do you want to concentrate on? What would you like to know about moving forward? And or what questions do you have about any of these subjects? So usually I've already brought up what they want to talk about because I just wrote it down and we go from there. So we'll talk a little bit. We'll draw some cards. And sometimes I have different decks of cards and I'll ask them if they would like to choose a specific deck and then we'll use those cards because if they're drawn to animal healing cards or something rather than tarot cards, then we have that option.
2: That's a good way to do it because it puts their energy also into the reading you sort of know already what they want to talk about but at that point they put right. their energy in so yeah. they get a more in depth that point, reading
0: that's right so i have them write down three four five questions beforehand and focus on those and be open to me tuning into them and i center myself beforehand and ask um, divine source energy to bring me in any information that will be helpful and beneficial for the good of my client. So there is an intention there of opening up good energy and a channel with the client. And so I can do this by Zoom or like video call uh, or, or in person. Um, and over the past couple of years, I definitely got a lot of experience of doing distance readings, which was really good because I, I didn't do them. As, I did them every now and then, but it became quite a regular basis. And then they go through their questions that they've written down bef- uh, beforehand, and we go through those as well.
2: So you get your clients to do some prep work before they come as well?
0: Yes, yes. And, uh, and to be in a frame of mind where they're open. I did have a client once, and I could not read anything the evening before, and I knew she had put up a block. <laughs> so then about half an hour before our, our session time, I sat down again, and tons of stuff came through. And so I told her this and she said, you know what, I've never had a reading before. And I was kind of nervous and apprehensive and I wasn't open. And then this morning I thought, okay, I'm going to be open, uh, like you said, and be ready and just receive. And then, and then, so she changed her energy field so that I, because you have to be invited. You have to be invited to read someone it's it's a it's an honor it's a privilege you're in their energy you're in their space right and uh so uh i had that happen it was it was kind of interesting I'm like ah so that's why i couldn't get anything i could feel she wasn't letting me in
2: <laughs> yeah you sensed that ahead of time that she had a block up and obviously you sensed that and that was correct so i
0: sensed it and i was like i put my pen down and i'm like no we'll go back to this later Um, And then I go through with the client, after we've answered all their questions, we go through things that feel like energetically they're stuck in their system, blocking their flow or preventing them from feeling like they can move forward with confidence with whatever topic it is that we're talking about. So I'll do a little bit of guided meditations and releasing negative energy. And, um, I'll give them some mantras and I do tell them, okay, I've got a little bit of homework for you (laughs) and I'll give them, um, some positive mantras to say before bed and in the morning before they get out of bed so that they are retraining their mind to uh, a more positive day. We want to at least start our day feeling neutral, if not positive.
2: Yeah. And that makes sense as well. I think everybody should probably do that. (laughs) Might make the day go by better. (laughs)
0: Yes. And if you're having a rough day in the middle of the day, just uh, remove yourself from whatever room it is where you're stressed out or go to your car for a minute uh, and take a moment and just do deep breathing and recenter yourself. That that can really help you continue the rest of your day with a, uh, shifting your energy. So some of the work that I do, it's not just psychic prediction or tarot cards. It's resetting energy, and um, unblocking chakra points that might be spinning too slowly.
2: Is that something that you learned later on how to do, or did you take any kind of formal training to do your chakra work? I did
0: take a few different courses. Um, I took one in um, energy medicine, where you read the chakra energy and aura energy of a person using, um, it's basically an electronic device that measures hertz. Um, and, uh, so you're measuring the electromagnetic energy, um, because I wanted to have a bit of a scientific approach and background to it. So by learning that, um, everything has a a vibration and a frequency. So with the person's aura, you can take the, the antenna of the machine and you place it in the energy field along the main meridians and outside of the body, there's about 40 points uh, to do. You record the number that you capture on the meter, and then you put it into a program and it will correspond to a particular color and every color has a frequency. And then you're able to see if there are areas that are gray, they're blocked. If they're black, they're really, really blocked and illness and disease. And if they are other colors, they all have a different interpretation. So I took a course in that in, in energy medicine, and I had already had a background in uh, as a holistic practitioner um, with aromatherapy. And there's many other online workshops and courses that I've that I've taken. Um, yeah, over the past, usually every year I take at least one workshop or an online course that uh, you know takes a, a month or two just 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 to do. Yeah, just to build on. On my skills.
2: Oh, definitely always good to expand on your knowledge of this topic because there's so much involved in it. Like there's no way you can learn everything that's in this field. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, yep. It sounds like you're
2: yeah. well versed in that area for sure.
0: Well, I always find that there are either new studies just being completed or there's documents of information that have been released that were kept top secret before, like with say um, CIA experiments or training of spies, what kind of experiments did they do? It's all well documented. There's a lot in Russia and only a little bit in the States and North America. We're a little bit behind in metaphysical uh, studies compared to uh, there's universities in Scotland and there's some in Russia that have um, amazing studies. And not so much in North America. So wherever I can get my hands on something to read, I like to see. Oh, what kind of experiment did they do? And you know, right down to the quantum physics level of things, Um, it's all it's all energy. I I just find it fascinating. I'm a little bit of a a nerd that way.
2: (laughs) No, I am too as well. I do a little bit of research on the different fringe topics, I guess, like quantum and um, different energy types as well. So I like to dive into that too. Sometimes I'll listen to different. uh, shows or whatever online while I'm at work and stuff. Exactly.
0: I have a few apps I listen to all the time. I, I love trying to understand. We're still trying to understand, you know, how does quantum entanglement work? How does distance healing work? Like, like how is, how is it that you can tune into somebody's subconscious and it doesn't matter where they are on the planet? How is it that you can think about someone and then the phone rings and it's them? How is it that we can tune into them? So we don't know how exactly yet but we do know we do and it happens.
2: Yeah, it does happen quite often. A lot of people just brush it off as coincidence or they say, well that was just weird that that happened. Right. But with, when it right. happens over and over and over again to the same person or to even different people, like you, you got to start asking those questions like why is this yeah. happening? So
0: Yes. Yeah, and um I do little things uh sort of as a game to keep that part of my brain Um, exercise like a muscle Uh, one of the the things that I do which kind of happened by accident is when I'm watching a program or a movie on tv when there's a very emotional moment and the actor's about to say a very specific line I say it I say it before they say it and then they immediately say exactly word for word what I just thought they were going to say and it's not necessarily something obvious and it's and I kind of do that as a little test (laughs) because I feel like I'm and I'm not sure exactly how it works when something is pre-recorded but I would say that there is a vibration of energy whether it's live or recorded that signature is there so I think that you know that's something you can pick up on
2: yeah definitely like you know that person is real whether they're on tv live or they're
0: that's on right. a movie so their or something that's at recorded. that moment. yeah and it, it's captured yeah
2: it's yeah. captured somehow And, uh, yeah, there's lots of different things like that that I'm into as well. So it's really cool to study that kind of stuff. Uh, One thing you did mention a little bit ago that you did study was remote viewing. Um, So do you want to talk a little bit about that next? How did that come about?
0: Sure. So that's mainly for fun. And um, I don't actually use it really with clients. It's just my own interest. Um, so there's different things that I've, I've done to try to improve that skill. So, um, for example, and anybody can do this if you want, you can take a particular intersection that is in your city or town or somewhere and you're not sure exactly what's there. And you could go on Google Maps and just write it down and then picture what standing at a certain viewpoint, what you think is there in front of you in the scene. And just start drawing and making notes. You might get symbols or a square or, you know, a building or maybe it's a grassy field. You know, even if it's an intersection, you know, you don't remember every single detail. You don't remember if there's a mailbox there or what color the door is on a, a shop. So make some notes and then go to that area and compare with what you drew and see if something and what matches. And if you do that, you can improve your skill. Another is a great way to do it is if you have a buddy to do this with. They can have a piece of paper with a picture of something. Um, It could be something taken out of a, just rip it out of a magazine, and you place it face down, and even they don't know what it is. And then you, wherever you are, tune into that, and whatever that picture is, and just start drawing it. Give it 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Turn it over and then flip up the picture and just compare. Oh, wow, I drew triangles. Those are mountain peaks. And I drew a grassy field. And then I drew this structure in the background because there was a, you know, I don't know, a, a mill or a building or a farmhouse. So there's lots of different ways that you can do it. You're basically tuning into an area and you're picturing it. And Um, I, I have heard suggestions that whatever your dominant hand is, use the other one. So that you're not falling. what you think it is. You're just drawing out what comes to you. So there's lots of different things like that. And also you can do it with someone where they can go somewhere and they, you know, you're on the phone and they say, okay, I'm stopped. Where do you think I am? And have them walk around 360. And then you see if you can pick up what they're looking at from an aerial view and from their view and write it down, make notes, and then check in with them as to the accuracy. You know, I'm looking at a coffee shop and then I'm looking at a library and now I'm looking at a whatever.
2: That sounds like an interesting way to sort of get the test going anyway, to see if you have the ability to do that would be a simple way to do it for sure. Um, But what sort of drew you into wanting to try that? Did something happen that you were like, that'd be cool to try or an experience (laughs) happened that, oh, I wonder if that's what it was.
0: Uh, Sometimes I felt I could tune into um, a friend of mine or like where they were, what they were doing, just by talking to them on the phone. Um, Even what they were wearing, like what color shirt or that kind of thing, or if they were standing or if they were sitting. And I just kind of did it as a game. And um, it's nice you've got, you have like-minded friends that are into this because they'll play play along. (laughs) Um, And I felt sometimes that there was deja vu where I went somewhere and I was sure I'd been there before. And I, you know, I wonder if part of deja vu where you think you've seen something or been somewhere that you've been before could also be that you just remote viewed it before you got there and so a part of your energy arrived at the spot before your body did and that's why you've got an imprint of the image yeah,
2: yeah. that could be as well there's different theories out there as to so why you have theories. deja vu and different things happen so yeah
0: right i mean there could also be you know dif- different uh timelines in universe as well i mean it's it, lots of different theories yes
2: oh yeah that's a whole another topic too <laughs> that's so. a whole other topic
0: <laughs> um
2: i want to jump backwards a little bit now and go back to your own past as well um speaking of timelines um how did you how was it when you were growing up that your family perceived you as being psychic or having these abilities how was it with your family growing up
0: um i didn't really feel that i had support or encouragement but i didn't have discouragement either i think they were kind of like you know well there's really anyone else in the family that is interested in the skill set, but whatever, if you think it's fun and you're good at it, then great. Um, And um, most of my family live in Ireland. So I I have only a few here. And when I was growing up, I actually was very reluctant to talk about my skill because I felt it was very woo woo or weird. Or some people are like, oh, I don't believe that. And I still, there are still people that are like, I don't believe that. And that's, that's okay. But I was, didn't have the confidence to to discuss it or talk about it that, Hey, I, I believe in this. I believe in reading energy and I don't know how exactly it works, but I have a lot of fun with it. And, um, so when I was younger, I kind of hid it from my family and some of my friends knew, and I actually did a psychic line when I was a teenager, when I was like legal, just, just over 18. And I would answer the phone and hope my mom didn't hear me. And I did psychic calls. (laughs) And then eventually she's wondering, why does your phone keep ringing all night? Because you could log in and you could say, you could log in for like four hours at a time and then log off. And then, and then no one would be calling all night or anything. Right. There was a special number you called. And then I finally told her and she was just sort of neutral about it. So
2: I was going to say, maybe being from Ireland, you might have some other past distant relatives that may have had the abilities that aren't as close to you as you think. But yeah, exactly. Uh, being from Ireland, uh, yeah. you may definitely have some in your past, well, I would think.
0: You have if you also if you're from an RH negative bloodline, sometimes people say that you can have more psychic skills than others. And I know that my my dad, when he, he was young, as well as myself, um, have seen ghosts. And so I feel like um there could be something on my dad's side of the family where we see energy in that way and are open to it
2: so have you had any other types of paranormal experiences happen to you like seeing spirits or talking to spirits or is it more just uh, psychic based that you have
0: i have done some energy clearing um for friends to get rid of uh negative energy in their home and i did have ghosts in two places i lived um and uh it it felt really good that it wasn't just, it was validated by other people. Uh, So I had rented an apartment once um, in this house that was converted from an old barn. And it happened to be surrounded probably by three cemeteries, not immediately, but one across the street, one down the street and another in the other direction down the street. It was like quite an energy vortex. And right away in the first few days, I felt that there was an energy in the house. And I asked the landlord, I said, you know, I'm just wondering, I know it's a really like it's a really hundred, 150 year old building, you know, what was it before? And I wanted to know the history. And he's like, why are you asking? And I said, well, because the place is haunted. I keep feeling like somebody's there, like in the hallway. And my cats would keep looking down the hall as if they see something. And then I would hear as if there's creaking on the floors, as if someone's standing there. And the landlord said, well, every single person that's rented here has said that they've seen or heard something and it is haunted. And he said that sometimes he has his, he and his staff, cause they ran um, an office on the main level that the lights would go on and off sometimes by themselves and they leave the lights off and he'd drive by later on and all the lights would be on in the basement. Um, and also I had a house, uh, that seemed to be a a vortex uh, area, a junction. And I would see ghosts every now and then. And they weren't negative energies. They were just seemed like spirits just sort of passing through. And I told my my roommate, I had a friend renting from me at the time. And he said, I don't want to hear anything about it or I'm not renting from you anymore. (laughs) So I was like, okay. So I kept it hush hush. One night we had a a, a party and he invited his, some of his friends. I invited my friends. So some of his friends stayed over in the guest room. And did they not see a ghost standing at the end of their bed, just watching them? And told him, and he didn't tell me for months later. He said, well, you're right, but I didn't want to say anything at the time. But my friends saw the ghost. <laughs> so, so he must
2: have had some friends over that had some... Mediumship or psychic ability as yeah, well, so they must right. have been able to, and, able to see them. So,
0: right. So, I don't think that he could see them, but I think his friend could. And um, I said, okay, I'm going. Don't worry, I'm going to do another. You know, clearing. I'm going to sage every room in the house, and then we'll open the windows. We'll do a blessing. It's not a negative energy. It was just someone curious that was looking, and then they went away.
2: <laughs> yeah, not really needing to do a cleansing if they're just passing through, but maybe just to make your roommate feel more at ease might be a good thing.
0: Exactly. And then I've done it for some people that um, also residual energy can be in a room or house after there's been a lot of arguing or divorce or something or any trauma that's happened. And I've done an energy clearing there where um, I take my, my EMI device and I measure the Hertz energy in the room. I I just do a 360 in the room and capture what the, the, the number is and make a note of that. And then I will be able to walk through and feel where there are energy spots that don't feel great and other spots that feel really good. And, um, and then just do a clearing of the whole house and sometimes a little feng shui, just sometimes you need to move furniture a little bit to just to let the energy flow a little bit better.
2: Yep. That always helps too when you're trying to clear out some energy out of a space just to move stuff around a little bit. So yeah. Um, how often would you do that? Do you get a request for that kind of stuff often or That's is it more just, just the, the readings? That's
0: special request. Yeah, it's a special request. If sometimes I have someone that just, that emails me and just says, hey, by chance, do you do A, B, C, or D? And I'll let them know if I can help out.
2: That's great. Um, so what kind of things have you been up to during the last couple of years throughout the pandemic then? Have you had a lot more client activity coming to you or have you had, um, Uh, Anything happening during the last couple of years you want to talk about?
0: Um, I took a few more workshops. Uh, One of them is called the Sylvan method. And um, that was very interesting. It's about sort of, because I had some, some time, some time off because I, with lockdown, I couldn't go to one of my jobs. Um, So the Sylvan method is very interesting. It's about putting yourself Um, into an object or a person and being able to scan the object's energy or the person's energy, Um, mainly for improving health and wellness and also to be able to transfer your energy in and out of your body. So that was a very interesting course. Um, I concentrated a lot basically on doing uh, all the a lot of admin and advertising and marketing more so with my business that I had before and just taking the time to uh, make sure that I I keep uh, up to date with my blog and and my webpage. I did some new business cards. So just, I guess, back-end business and accounting stuff. And I was doing all my readings uh, by video call, which was different. So I had to accommodate a little bit differently. Oh, How do I show them the cards, you know, and you know, oh, maybe I should take a picture of the cards and then email it to them afterwards and explain. And, you know, so it was a little bit of trial and error just to figure out what worked um, because clients are like, I want to see the card. I want to pick the card. I'm like, well, you can't really pick the card, but I have to pick it for you because it's over the video. So there was a lot of adjustment, but it was also really good because it increased my confidence in doing readings where I I end up, doing readings where people were in England, Saudi Arabia, um, all over the States, in Europe. And we would just work out the time difference and figure out, okay, so if I call at eight in the morning, it's going to be 5 p.m. your time. And we got on a call and, and we did our readings. So it was fantastic.
2: Yeah. Not the same way here for Haunting Life. When we have a guest on, we've had people on from the same thing all over the world, far away as Australia to Scotland yes. as well. So um the yeah. so, yeah, Australian one was a unique one. That was a different time zone altogether. So it's like they were already ahead in the next yes. day by the time we were know. still and in the I'll night doing joke. it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I always joke so, about. Oh well, we know what's going to be happening already. Yes. You know, twelve hours from now.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have um, to ask me the next day.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So I had sort of the same experience where um it was a bit different being tied down to a computer, but also um through the internet it kind of had, there were no barriers I was able to make connections all over the world which meant different kind of marketing and a different kind of advertising and um and I still keep in touch with some of them just by email and we just work out on our schedule when we're going to speak or do a video call or a phone call and and just go from there so
2: how do you think that has helped your business has it uh, improved it or has it made it better since learning all that new technique
0: it has improved. Um, I've really streamlined you know being able to get back to clients and, and have everything organized. Some days I am so busy that it is hard to get back to all the emails I might get in a day. So um, I usually have to put in my email signature that sometimes if I'm busy I will, I will explain I'm booking a week in advance because I just don't have time. Sometimes I can do two days in advance, very rarely same day and sometimes a week in advance. So I just try to communicate with with my my clientele, and every couple months send them a little email update about you know a wellness show or something that's coming up. So yeah, you have to be savvy with technology, and if you're not, you have to hire someone to do it for you.
2: But thank you for coming on today. I appreciate you talking about what you do. Thank you so much for having me. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about and promote before we let you go today? Anything? How how can people get a hold of you?
0: Um, I do have a WordPress blog as well as my email is marie1psychic at gmail.com. And I have a blog that is a Celtic card reader at wordpress.com. And if you just Google Psychic Marie Lightworker or Psychic Marie Energy Guide, I come up. I do in-person readings in Brantford as well as the uh, Hamilton area. And the rest of the time I do them by video call.
2: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on, talking about your background and what you do for your clients as a psychic. So it's been wonderful talking to you and uh, we'll hopefully have you back one day.
0: Thanks, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Uh,
2: Thank you very much, Marie. Bye-bye. Bye. Missed this week's episode? Watch it on R.I.B. Rhode Island Broadcasting. Replaying our episodes every week on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Follow them on social media on Facebook or on YouTube.